Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Bob Getty along with Kelly Center and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in downtown Laurel. Recently completed construction in downtown Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Appreciate Southern Bank Corps. Uh, for sponsoring our studio broadcast of the Eagle Hour each and every day. Got a good show for you today. Ted Alexander, the play-by-play voice of Old Dominion, will be joining us here in the next few minutes. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com later in the hour to uh, update us on the New Orleans Saints. And a lot of good shows coming up uh, for you in the next few days. Tomorrow, Max Stoltz from Arkansas State uh, will be on the program, along with our volleyball coach, Coach Hazelwood. Friday, Jason Muntz is uh, joining us uh, from the Commercial Appeal. Always enjoy our conversations with him, along with Dave Rickert from James Madison University. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and, of course, the Eagle Hour, and a great place for you to cater your next event, whether it be large or small. They just do a first-class job at Dickey's Barbecue. All right, well, the football team scrimmaged and then got back to some fundamentals. I understand uh, after the scrimmage, uh, I guess that would be today, and uh, Kelly was out on the uh, football field. We'll be back out there again Saturday to get some more uh, interviews for you and uh, keep you up to date on football. But uh, wanted to get to this interview in the first segment of the show. You were talking uh, yesterday to wide receivers, Kelly, but you got to talk to a young man who who will play a big role uh, at, at linebacker, particularly with the injury to Hayes Maples, and uh, overall a, a defensive team that figures to be the strength of the squad. And Avery Hobbis, the, the junior outside linebacker from Rice Lake, Wisconsin, uh, recently got married, and, and really now with Hayes Maples out, he's the undisputed leader of that defense, and it's it's a role that uh, that he has embraced, and he's looking forward you know, to a great season. We had a chance to talk to him yesterday after the scrimmage where he uh, netted two interceptions in that scrimmage yesterday. All right, Avery, first question I have is how does a Wisconsin boy get used to this heat in South Mississippi, or, or do you ever? Man, you, you never do. <laughs> you just really, uh, you just got to get out in it and play in it, honestly. You know, my first year here was it was pretty tough to adapt to the heat, but uh, this is my third year now, and, um, you know, it, it doesn't really get any better, but you just kind of adapt to it and, uh, you know, keep on pushing through the heat. But, you know, you got good teammates that lift you up and good coaches that help you get through it, so it's uh, it's all good. And we understand how, in baseball, how the Minnesota guy, 
got down here, but how does a Wisconsin guy from Iowa Western uh, make his way to Southern Miss? Yeah, just the JUCO route. You know, I've, I've been on a journey now for five years. This is my fifth year uh, in college, and uh, you know, spent two years at Iowa Western, and now this is my third year here. So, uh, just going through the the JUCO pipeline, and um, you know, I'll, I'll always cherish those moments at JUCO, and then you know, just getting recruited down here when I when I went on a visit. It was just it was awesome to come down here, and so yeah. J- JUCO is really underrated in my view, don't you think? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I mean, I learned a lot of JUCO. Um, yeah, that was the first time I moved away from home, and you know, seven hours from home, and uh, kind of had to find my way. You know, redshirted my first year, started my second year there, and uh, yeah, it was a good journey for me. Now, with Maple's obviously sidelined, I think the the natural inclination for all the fan base is to think that that you're going to anchor this this defense from the outside linebacker position. Do you embrace that role, and how do you approach it? I do. Yeah, I mean, hey, Maple's is my best friend, and and it really hurt me to see him go down like that because you know we're always we're always doing extra work. You know, we're either on the field doing extra or in the weight room doing extra. So that's my man. You know, it, it hurt me to see him down like that, but it motivates me to do do better for him. You know, and to pick him up and and to keep working hard for him because I know he wants me to keep working hard. So. And I know you're one of the few married guys on the team. <laughs> how how has that changed you not only as a player but as a human being, but as a player? Yeah, you know that was that was the greatest day ever. Um, you know, we were we were together for a while, and, and she's working. Uh, she's at dental school right now, so she's back home, you know, 16 hours away, and uh, we make it work. But you know, I just keep working hard for her. But uh, you know, it just puts into perspective what life's all about. And uh, you know, this is just a game at the end of the day. You know, we're just playing football. Well, as long as winning the Sun Belt title isn't like pulling teeth, <laughs> we'll be okay. Good luck. That's to right. you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> all right, just another example. I think of what you and I have experienced so far this year with this team. These are articulate well-mannered, really nice kids. I tell you what was really neat too, Bob. It's a, it's for one for one time it's a shame it's it's radio. It because if you could have seen his face when I mentioned him getting married and when he said it was it was the greatest day of my life. His face just lit up when you talked about him getting married and his wife and and how it has changed his complete perspective. Yeah. And and off of the microphone, you know, he was just saying everybody gets all wrapped up in, you know, how we're going to do and 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 he talked about the nfl you know fantasy football and everybody thinks all this stuff is important and he says in the grand scheme of things this really is just a game he said i'm honored that i get to play it and have my education paid for through playing it but at the end of the day at the end of the day it is just a game i think that's very refreshing reminds me of the interview did uh, back in the early part of the summer with danny lynch you had that same attitude a uh, different culture on this football team, Luke Johnson, and it's very, very refreshing. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of guys you want, um, and that's the kind of guys that Will Hall's going to, you know, attract. I remember at the the press conference, um, one of the things that he said that he wanted to build into the culture of this team was they just weren't out to make good football players. They wanted to make good citizens, good fathers, good husbands, good leaders. And uh, and so you know, back in the day, Coach Bauer had. So the similar similar mentality, and and some people ask him occasionally, you know, about the guys he recruited, and he said you always re- recruit good integrity in case one of them winds up on campus and he's a knucklehead. You got enough guys, you know, with integrity and character to help work him, uh, you know, straighten him out. And so that's that's the you know like guys like Hobbes and and other guys. And I thought it was pretty cool. I can't remember exactly. Which guys it was? I think Swayze Bozeman went, but there were there were a few Southern Miss football players that actually went to the Great White North and went to uh, Avery's wedding up in Minnesota. Yeah, Mitch Williams, the who anchors the sports page here on Super Talk Mississippi on Monday nights. He's the chaplain of the team. Mitch actually went to Rice Lake, Wisconsin, uh, to marry Avery Hobbes. But Luke, I wanted to ask you, Hobbes to me is about as rock solid a performer 
as as you can get. And he doesn't really seem, in my opinion, doesn't seem to get the love that he deserves. This guy's really consistent, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he had two sacks yesterday. He's a guy they they kind of uh, the first year they kind of wanted to play. Um, you know, more like a defensive end, outside linebacker, kind of a hybrid position. And I think he's going to be probably relied more in uh, in the linebacker core now with Maples out. But last year, yeah, 33 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. And I think they're, they, you know, they're, they're expecting more out of that this year, more of a disruption, you know, off the edge, particularly with, with pressure. And so a guy like Hobbes can thrive. In a, in a defense like Austin Armstrong's, because if the D-line is as good as we think they're going to be, when you have linebackers coming in on blitzes that don't get picked up because there's so much you know chaos ensuing up front, a great defensive line will allow those tackles for loss and, and uh, sack statistics to add up for a guy like Avery Hobbes. And, Bob, you know, when we get out to practices and get to talk to these players, that's the next group that I'll be interested in hearing from is the new-look defensive line and some of the SEC-infused talent that has, uh, that has come right. to Hattiesburg in the offseason because that's, that's going to be one unit that a lot of people are looking, looking at. Had a great conversation Saturday with a young man. that He's an offensive lineman that transferred here from Mississippi State out of uh, Columbus, Mississippi. No, I'm sorry, out of Tupelo, Mississippi. And uh, he was delighted to be here and uh, just talked about the culture here, how much he enjoyed it, and also how much he enjoyed the good food, Kelly. He made a point of telling me how many good restaurants there were in Hattiesburg. Well, I think that's a sign of any good city, isn't it? As to what, <laughs> that's a sign. You know? sure a sign of this city, isn't it? Yeah, well, and we're going to be at Mobay Beignets right on the 31st of... Yeah, we got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. We will be there for uh, two hours on the 31st at Mobay Beignet on uh, Hardy Street. Uh, talk to, uh, to our good friend, uh, uh, Lee, uh, <laughs> his name slips my mind, uh, hard to believe, former quarterback, Lee Roberts. Lee Roberts, Lee Roberts of course, uh, just this morning. And uh, he'll be joining us there, and uh, Lee will be joining us every Monday after that to analyze football, but we'll look forward to that. I'm gonna to try to I'm gonna to try to reach out to ten over the next couple of days. I'd love to have Lee and Reggie Collier at the same table one time together eating beignets. How many do you think? We are not worthy. We are <laughs> we are not. two of the great quarterbacks. Two of the great quarterbacks in Southern Miss history. Yeah, you know, Southern Miss has always been been known at, at putting out, you know. Pretty good. Uh, the quarterback position has to be among the positions that Southern Miss no really. No question about there's it. There's been some great ones here over the years. No question when you, about when it. You look Better at the numbers. than if you look at the two competing schools up north, I would dare say that uh, Southern Miss has put out more quality quarterbacks than either one of them. If you base it on performances in the NFL, you're, you're absolutely right. No question. All right, when we come back, Old Dominion football, uh, they've traveled, of course, uh, to the Sun Belt with us. Ted Alexander will be talking to us about that. I got to also let him know how hosed they got by the NCAA in baseball as well. No doubt about it. I'm that. sure he'll agree with you. Probably. <laughs> Ted Alexander, Old Dominion University, next.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon on the Super Talk Network. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We appreciate all of you guys and the girls uh, that tune in via the podcast. We hear from a lot of you each and every day, and we're very grateful to you for that. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net on Hardy Street right across from the Golden Eagle Campus. You can shop them online anytime you like at campusbookmart.net. They'll deliver your merchandise right to your front door. Ted Alexander does the play-by-play for Old Dominion University. We're happy to say one of the universities that uh, came over from Conference USA and is joining the Golden Eagles in the Sun Belt Conference. And uh, before we get started with football, Ted, we appreciate you coming on the show. As I told you off air, i got to tell you that uh, Old Dominion, in my humble opinion, was the best baseball team I saw the Golden Eagles play all year. It was head-spinning to think that a team of that caliber was not included in the NCAA baseball tournament. Uh, obviously, you'd have a lot of folks that would view in, in Monarch Nation. We thought uh, we did everything necessary to earn the at-large bid, and we thought the league was strong as heck, and I think Tech and UTSA had a beef as well. Good to see the Eagles carry the mail. But, yeah, that was, that was frustrating, and, and you say to yourself, what can you do? more other than, you know, try and schedule teams that play you. But uh, on to the next year, I guess we have to say. Yeah, real quickly, just a tremendous power-hitting baseball team. Really impressive-looking athletes up at the plate. Well, it's kind of neat. You guys have, have, have had this happen countless times. But it's still neat when uh, you're an Old Dominion fan and Verlander doing what he can do. You see Vinny Pasquantino is on the Monarch baseball team just a couple of years ago, get the American League Rookie of the Week. It's, it's a lot of fun watching that. And for, for a university that doesn't have a lot of experience with that, it's pretty neat this time of year. No question. All right, let's get to football. Old Dominion comes into the Sun Belt. A lot of excitement here in Hattiesburg when that announcement was made and uh, a lot of excitement now. You can really feel it in the air. Is it the same there at Old Dominion? Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, the fact that we're moving to a, a more geographically sane uh, situation in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, James Madison's coming along with along with uh, Marshall and the folks down in, in Hattiesburg. We're just really looking forward to this. Now, granted, you look at our football schedule and you look at some of the teams in the Sun Belt. It's like holy smokes, be careful wish for because there's such high quality uh, football played in the league. But you know what? We're we're pleased as punch to be in it. Right, Luke Ted Alexander. Ted, let's talk about your coach, Ricky Rain, uh, was spent considerable time at Penn State under James Franklin and, and really is, you know, I think year four for him this year. Uh, a lot of success. I mean, kind of what Southern Miss fans know, you win one game in 2019, then you have a winning season last year. What's kind of his M.O. and, and the culture that he's trying to build there? Well, it's it's rebuilding the program. I mean, uh, one win in 2019. They didn't play one of three uh, universities across the country not to play in 2020. Back at it in, in his first year, really as a head coach last year, and you go, you start one and six, and it's like, uh oh, here we go. But they win five in a row to qualify for beach bowl and so that was a positive. He just wants people to be accountable. He wants people to to play for uh, for. Themselves and the university, and just just be together as student athletes, and, and just go out and give it all every single day, and, and not worry about the next one. Worry about who's on the deck for tomorrow. 
So Monarch offense will obviously be his offense, and you know people remember um, you know what a Franklin offense at Penn State looks like, and when he was at Vanderbilt, is that, is that the same type of offense, or what is uh, what is his nuances of it? I think he likes a quarterback that can uh, make decisions quickly, make good decisions, and not turn it over. Uh, the Monarchs uh, have a six foot eight inch tight end transfer that came over from Penn State, Zach Koontz, who's on the Mackey Award uh, preseason watch list, and just a great player. Came in for his first year last year with Old Dominion and just you know led the team in catches and just he's a he's a great kid as well as a great uh, football player and he's back. Ali Jennings, a transfer from West Virginia, had a wonderful season, especially late in the year last year. His first for Old Dominion, he's back. And the quarterback, you've got uh, Hayden Wolf, DJ. Brendan Clark, a transfer from Notre Dame, so there's good competition going on there. I would say Wolf, who was the starter the the majority of last year, has maybe older up, but uh, the guys that can make plays and protect the football will get the nod from Coach Ronnie. Ted, this is uh, Kelly Sander. I was talking to – I'm not sure about the millennials these days because I was talking to some the other day about Sunbelt football, and one of the millennials says, well, how, how good can Old Dominion be? They're named after a bunch of butterflies. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, not no, no. <laughs> there are monarch butterflies, but not uh, – so explain to some of these kids where the name comes from, monarch at Old Dominion. Monarchs, it's more of a royalty type thing. Yes. Uh, a ruler is, is, is a monarch. Just ask anybody who's, who's, uh, Europe or studied anything about English, uh, literature or English, uh, history. Uh, Queen, it, it's, Queen Elizabeth it's is a monarch. Think of the butterfly. Queen Elizabeth is a, is a, is a monarch. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's that type of thing. But I love the fact that people think hard and come up with uh, cute stuff like that to say. It just it just spices things up, and I love it. And and in the Eastern Division now, where you guys find yourselves planted, everybody looking at the Sun Belt thinks that most of the talent and the wealth, so to speak, is on that Eastern side of the ledger. How do you guys pick it apart? Well, it's it's the first side that we always look at because that's that's. I mean, you, you know, it's just a it's a freaking powerhouse you know you got app state and coastal and marshall and you got the two georgia you got everybody involved there and, and so every week you you better bring it and you better play quality football or else you're going to be left in the dust and, and for the monarchs to come in here and 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 have this first year in such a rough patch you know it's a, it's a real test and it's you know when you play against really good competition you get better and everybody here and the Monarch Nation is hoping that speeds up the timeline a little bit because out of necessity, you better be playing well or you're going to get waxed every week. But, but really, the game that counts is against James Madison. Am I right? Uh, I think that's uh, – well, Virginia Tech, to start things, is a pretty big one on uh, Friday, September the 2nd. But, uh, yeah, James Madison coming into the league is huge. And, and I think they're, they're moving from FCS up to FBS. It's still – they'll probably have – a couple of depth issues here and there, and we play them later in the season. But JN, I think if you if you track success from FCS to FBS, they'll be up near the top of those that figure it out sooner rather than later. They're a really good program. Up what there. what is the relationship between the two universities? Because when all of this was developing, uh, everything we saw and read indicated that the Old Dominion was a big proponent of James Madison coming. What what is the history between the schools? Well, I think the history is is born out of. Uh, when we were in Conference USA, the closest team to play 
in the league was five and a half hours away, and that was Charlotte, and fans couldn't easily make the trip there. And so you go back to thinking about James Madison and in the Sun Belt, and it's you know it's a three-hour drive, and there's there's so many people from the seven five seven that have kids at Old Dominion, have kids at uh, James Madison. It's always been uh, a rivalry. JMU's had a really good reputation on the football field the last several years at the FCS level, and I have a feeling they're going to take it up a notch at FBS. It's just you have the, the geographical ability for fans to travel in their car without expending a lot of dollars or energy. It's an easy trip, and when you have Teams from both sides can go to away games, and that's how you spark rivalries. Now you said seven five seven reference the those. area code. Oh, that was, okay, that's and, correct. And okay. and and they don't like each other, Bob. Just plain, plain simple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's what rivalries are about. Sure. Hey, look, just a couple minutes left. I, I want to go back for a second to baseball. Uh, we thought that Old Dominion and Southern Miss, in particular. Uh, coming into the Sun Belt really strengthened what was already a very strong baseball league. Uh, your thoughts about uh, what those two programs add to what's already a good Sun Belt baseball conference? Well, all, all of us on experts sit there and say, all right, is the league better in this sport or worse than this sport than Conference USA? And I hadn't really done a lot of research on Sun Belt, but as soon as you open up sort of the first page, there are a lot of really good teams there. I mean, the whole state of Louisiana is steaming with a uh, streaming with with really quality baseball programs, and it goes all over the place. Obviously, Coastal won a title a couple of years ago, so it's it's as least I, I think at least as good, uh, if not maybe with the addition of ODU and uh, uh, Southern Miss, maybe a shade better. And 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 I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, answer that yourselves. Yeah, we, we tend to believe the same thing. Uh, we know how good schools from Louisiana are in baseball. We know a lot about South Alabama down here. A lot of it really not good, but we, we do know a lot about it. Uh, we just know that some of those Georgia schools play really good baseball. Texas State, very good uh, yep. baseball program, uh, and, and we have great respect for Old Dominion's baseball team as well. So, uh, yeah, we I think all three of us on this show agree this is going to be a jam-up baseball league. Well, and it'll, it'll be fun to watch this whole thing unfold. I'm, I'm anxious to go to places I haven't been before. That's one of the fun things about uh, my job is you get to go and, and have adventures with, with your team, and you hope for a great performance, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, but you make memories no matter what, and can't wait to get this thing started. Hey, we really appreciate you, Ted, and uh, you're always welcome on our program, and uh, thanks for coming on this afternoon. Phil, us in on Old Dominion football. That's good. Thanks for having me, guys. Ted Alexander, play-by-play voice of the Monarchs, not the Butterflies. <laughs> oh, these millennials. What are we going to uh, do with them? I don't know. Buying books, what do they do? They eat the books. We'll be back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Ted Alexander from Old Dominion University for joining us uh, in the second segment of the show. We appreciate uh, his input. Always interesting to hear about these other Sunbelt schools. 
This segment sponsored by, uh, this would be 4th Street Bar and Grill. 4th Street Bar and Grill, right in the shadow of the rock. That's where we'll be on the Friday before football season kicks off. We're looking forward to that. Got some really unique guests, to say the least, uh, coming up on that show, including one of Kelly's favorites from the, what are they called? The lead singer of the Molly Ringwalds. There we go. Is so, going like to join us. Say, it's going to be a really weird show at the 4th Street Bar and Grill. Because the Molly Ringwalds are going to play at, uh, they're going to play at, on campus there before the game, before the opener. Well, our next guest is not weird. He's been with us since we first put this show on the air. I don't even know if now four or five years ago. Seems like 20-some days. But uh, Patrick McGee is with NOLA.com. He's our Saints uh, go-to guy. And, Patrick, uh, always good to have you on the show. The Saints are up in uh, Cheeseland working out yeah. with the Green Bay Packers. What, first of all, what do you think about that? I, the things that I read, that they always end up fighting with each other and I heard one. I read where one coach said, uh, "We're wasting our time if all we're going to go do is come up here and fight." Uh, what do you think about this situation? For example, like New Orleans goes and practices against or, or with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I, I haven't seen really many uh, fights happen up in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I think Trevor uh, Penning kind of got that out of the system the first week. I think he was kicked out of practice like three times for fighting. Uh, so. No fights I'm aware of. It sounds like it's pretty productive, uh, even more so than, say, what they got out of that first preseason game against the Texans. Uh, you don't have Jameis Winston out there quite yet. Uh, he's been able to have do some light work before practice starts. So he, he looks like he's on track to be fine. But uh, it's it's been fairly good. The Saints defense has been, had, had a strong run up there, and the more you look at that group, the more impressed you, you are with that, that defense and the chances of them even being better than they were a year ago. All right, what did you see out of the first preseason game against the Texans? Well, I, I, what was had to be encouraging for a lot of people is Andy Dalton was really – he was only on the field for one drive, but he was perfect, and he just really did everything right. I think it was like five for five and threw for the touchdown on a little screen, I think it was. Uh, he was very good defensively when they had their some uh, mix of first and second stringers in there to start the game, mostly second stringers. They look really good and really physical. Paulson Adebo, the cornerback, gosh, I mean – You've also you've you've already got arguably the best cornerback in in the NFL and Marshawn Lattimore and Debo has a chance to be a maybe a top twenty guy at the other corner. So you know and you and you're pretty stacked at safety with Tyron Matthew and, and Marcus May who's brought over in the Jets. That secondary with uh, uh, with uh, 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 Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson. I mean that secondary is going to be outstanding and they're already pretty solid up front. So defensively right now the Saints like they can be scary. In fantasy football, of course, a lot of the drafts are taking place, and unfortunately, as we mentioned before, the average fantasy football league in America lasts longer than the average American marriage. Unfortunately, that's true. Perhaps there's a reason that I'm just not buying that. But but go ahead. That's that's <laughs> what they say in air quotes. But um, and people were wondering before they have their fantasy draft to get the word about you know what's going to happen to. Uh, Alvin Kamara before they even go into the draft. So do, you, do we have any update there, Patrick? No, I, I guess the only good news for, for people who want to have Kamara is there has been no news. Uh, I think we're looking at late September for him to uh, have his court date, and I think your speculation is kind of growing that he may not be suspended until next season if he is suspended, which I think he probably will unless there's something that, that changes in the coming weeks and months. Uh, he'll face some type of suspension. It may not be just this season. So 
you know, the, the Saints feel like they have a team that's built to win now, and if they have a situation where they have Camara for a full 17 games, uh, that's, you know, they want to be ready to roll this season and have everybody on the field contributing. And if they stay healthy on offense, they can be very good if Winston steps it up another notch. So uh, right now I would, you know, Camara uh, is looking better and better as a draft pick, but it, I'd, I'd still wouldn't, you know, advise somebody to make him one of their top selections. Luke? Patrick, let's talk about wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the top three, uh, the Saints starting the three with Thomas Landry and Alave, probably one of the best in the league. But, you know, Callaway's always intriguing. Traquan Smith, a guy that Southern Miss fans familiar with, Kawan Baker, um, he's suspended for the first six games, wouldn't count towards a 53-man. Uh, but, I mean, I think that's a guy at 6-1. I mean, I think he can make a difference. So it seems like Saints got five or six guys that can play really well. Yeah, uh, Jeff Duncan's got a piece out that's pretty good on, on NOLA.com where he projects what the roster is going to look like. And he, the three guys you mentioned is your top three with Landry, Olave, and Thomas. Uh, and he has the reserves as Callaway, Hardy, and Smith. And with Callaway and Hardy, uh, those are two guys that can be, you know, uh, pretty big contributors on special teams. And Traquan Smith may be expected to see some time on special teams himself. Uh, but I mean, there's obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Smith going in. Uh, is that, you know, to be that sixth receiver and step it up. And, and there has been a little bit of progression throughout his time with the Saints. He just hasn't really had that breakout season. Uh, but I, I think he's always got that potential, and maybe the Saints kind of see that in him as well. Uh, but you've also got Kirk Merritt, who, who, who people have been really high on. So it's that receiver bunch is really crowded and an entirely different situation than what they had a year ago. How is uh, Taysom Hill's development at tight end? And, you know, uh, going back to, uh, to fantasy football, a lot of people, you know, wonder whether or not they're going to draft Adam Troutman because, uh, I mean, he sh- by all experience, like by all numbers, he should be like a close to a multi digit touchdown tight end, but hasn't mm-hmm. done it the first two years. No, uh, and Troutman has been one of the standouts uh, coming in uh, in preparation leading into the new season. They really. They, uh, I think maybe they kind of looked back on last season and had a lot of nagging injuries that got in the way for him. seems like everybody had nagging injuries for the Saints last year. Uh, but Troutman is somebody they see making a, a significant step forward this year. And Taysom Hill was out with a, a rib injury, so that kind of hindered his development to a degree. Uh, but you've seen some positive news out of him in, in Wisconsin. He's made. I think I saw something earlier where he was uh, made a nice catch on a pass. So I, I – I would think at some point Taysom Hill is going to have a couple of big games at tight end for the Saints, but he's not somebody I would expect, uh, you know, week in and week out that he's going to be the guy that's going to catch six, you know, six passes or something like that. Uh, I, I still think we're going to see a lot of him in that Swiss Army role and kind of moving around a bunch. I still think we'll see a lot of that. All right, Patrick, let's look at the conference. Atlanta looks to be terrible. I don't think anybody anticipates yeah. them being very good. Carolina does have Baker Mayfield. That may. That may improve them offensively a little bit. And then there's a lot of question marks uh, apparently down in Tampa. I think they've had some pretty significant injuries, and now Brady has vanished for two or three weeks because of quote-unquote personal reasons. Uh, what do you make of the competition within the within the conference the Saints will play in? Well, it sounds like the deal in Tampa is that they just told Brady, hey, you know, if you come back, we'll let you <laughs> – we'll let you just sit out, you know, preparations for the season, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's – that's the way I kind of take it. Uh, I don't think that's good. <laughs> no, I think Brady's still Brady, but, I mean, I don't know how you can expect him to just be sharp as can be through the first two or three weeks of the season if he's just kind of MIA. Right. Uh, so that's that's the concern for the Buccaneers. Is, you know, a lot of your season is dictated by how you start. 
And if you're not out there, you know, week one ready to go and not everybody's on the same page, that could be problematic. Uh, and, you know, the more I hear out of the Panthers, the less I'm a believer. I think Mayfield can be a little bit uh, a step up at quarterback. But I just, I just don't – I'm not buying the Panthers. I just don't see the right guys in place there. You know, I, I just don't see it. And the Falcons are going to suck. So uh, I, it's going to be between the, the Saints and, and the Buccaneers. Right. And, you know, I, I, I see 10 wins for the Saints. You know, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And that's one – there's going to be so much parity. I think there's going to be a fair amount of unpredictability on the NFC side, in a, NFC side not as much on the AFC uh, so it, it's a lot of TBD, but I, it's obviously the Saints and the Buccaneers. Well, another point I'd make about the Bucks is they lost their coach, and, and the guy that's the coach now was not very good when he was the head coach of the New York Jets. So I think I think it's the it's the Saints' conference to lose, Patrick. Yeah, well, I mean, you can say, well, the, the Raiders are pretty awful when Allen was a coach there. Actually, I, I mean, the last time the Jets were semi-competitive, competitive is one of the Bowles was the head coach there. So I I don't really see, you know, I, I, Bowles did a great job as defense coordinator there for the Buccaneers, and I think he'll step in fine as head coach, much as Dennis Allen. I think both of them are better for having those experiences as head coach, and, and you've seen both of those guys really progress. I think they're going to be, you know, two of the better, more quality coaches in the league, I, you know. We'll see. I mean, whoever kind of comes out on top of the division is going to be a competitor for Coach of the Year. And actually, you guys, we got a scoop out of Tampa. This is a breaking story here that we we've go. got for you here on the Eagle Hour. Brace yourselves. Tom Brady has not been missing for two weeks or however long that he's been gone. He's been out in the parking lot searching for his car. He forgot where he parked it. Well, let's see if he's forgotten how to throw touchdown passes when he comes back, Kelly. Something, well, when something you're that old, you start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. You're right, though, man. How do you get ready? I mean, and at his age, how do you, how do you perform if you're not going to be there getting ready for the season? Well, you say at his time. age, he looks better now than he did when he There's no yeah. question about that. He does yeah. seem to get better looking the older he gets. Not my yeah, problem, all, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, everybody hates Brady just because they're envious of him. They just don't understand. I mean, those genes are outstanding, and obviously he eats everything right. A thousand percent. Hey, our best regards to Blue, Patrick. Sure thing. I'll let him know. All right. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. Good buddy of the Eagle Hour. I agree with you too, Bob. I just Vegas Vegas has has uh, the Saints at like nine and a half wins. The over under. I just, I agree with you. I think the division is theirs to win. I agree. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by D1 and D-Bat, a great place to take your child for baseball, softball training. Great place for you to go for uh, adult athletic training for any sport. If you just want to get in better shape, D1 and D-Bat on Hardy Street. Also want to thank Mo Bay Bidget, quite a uh, segue there, from uh, training to eating beignets at Mo Bay Bidget. Yeah, you go from Mo Bay Beignets over to D1 <laughs> to work it off. We'll be down there on the 31st of the month, the Wednesday before football season kicks off. We're looking forward to that. 
I think you'd enjoy going to Mobe Beignet and enjoying some of their delicious uh, beignets that they cook as uh, you order them. Great selection of coffees as well. It's just a great place. They're on Hardy Street. They're right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. Real quickly, uh, one thing that uh, we finalized this morning, uh, Super Talk Mississippi does a really uh, well-established, uh, long-term Friday night uh, high school scoreboard show. And uh, they bring uh, people who cover high school sports on the air, and uh, they give you updates on the outcomes of games and give you analysis of the games. That's co-hosted by Will East, who's a Super Talk employee, and uh, Will agreed this morning, uh, starting on the 26th of this month, Will will be making a, uh, a Friday afternoon appearance every week on the Eagle Hour to tell us what are the biggest high school games uh, in the state of Mississippi uh, taking place that week. And, uh, Luke, I know you and Kelly are both big high school football fans. Uh, I think that'll be interesting to uh, let our listeners know about the biggest uh, high school matchups taking place every week. Yeah, I mean, that's where your love for football starts, you know, in, in the high school area. And because we had such great you know, high school games in in, uh, in in Mississippi, great teams, of course, Jones County has had a team play uh, for the state championship, you know, three times since 2016. And same way uh, with, with Oak Grove, Hattiesburg, and Pedal, where you guys are. So, yeah, it'll be fun as, as Will gives us a preview and as we get ready to – both of these stations, Hattiesburg and Laurel, cover high school football games on Friday. And it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of those schools he's talking about are exactly what Luke said. Or, right. or, or, well, we'll be doing the uh, Jones County High School Game of the Week. And, of course, there's some fine uh, football programs uh, throughout Jones County, as well as Jones College football on our Laurel radio station. We'll be doing uh, Presbyterian Christian School football here on our Hattiesburg station. Well, big numbers for the Eagle Club, and, and I guess spurred by these huge donations that suddenly Kelly Santa is making. He has the best parking spots, the sweet seats, everything, the free merchandise, Lee Applewhite's coming over, cutting his grass two, two times a month. Uh, boy, you've uh, really led the charge, Santa. Well, Bob, it's the least I can do when I'm sitting on these mega millions, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Since you left cane break and have all these – thousands of dollars a week of disposable income working here at super talk by the way right um yeah but there is a concentrated effort now by the eagle club to to break the all-time records there's some renewed enthusiasm going into the sunbelt with what will hall is developing there with the football program and the eagle club is kind of updating people on a regular basis as to where they are members wise okay the all-time record was 2765 members 2765. Well, as of today, the current number was 2417. So they're, they're a little, little more than 300 mm. members away from setting the record. 2.139 million is the most ever raised, and they're at 1.99 million. So they're right on the cusp of the, of the 2 million uh, mark. So let's just see, even if, you, even if you can get in the Eagle Club member at the smallest level, let's see if we can't break these numbers. And, and really, when it comes down to it, whether it's 2.1 million or 2.2 million, you don't think that your contribution will make that big of a difference. But it's more about momentum, right? It's more about, you know, um, because once, once that momentum kind of starts, it's, it's tough to stop. So let's see if um, by the end of October, certainly, when I think these numbers will be complete, let's see if we can't break it, though, before the beginning of football season and break the all-time member total of 2,765 members. Again, at 24-17 this morning, the all-time record revenue, $2.1 million, 
and at one point nine million this morning. So let's see. What Look, we did you do. know that Lee Applewhite now cuts uh, Kelly's yard twice a month because of that hundred k a year Kelly's now throwing in? Is he doing it in, in khakis like he wears at the baseball games? Well, yeah, or, with the spit cup in the back pocket. Yeah, that's and, exactly and the, the bucket hat. Ernesto has hat. taught him a lot. You yeah, because yeah. Ernesto knows I want it cut a certain way. Yeah, you know my guy over at Cambridge. So well, you've really uh, you've launched him into orbit, Sam. <laughs> I don't know what happened to you in the last couple of years because Kelly's one of those guys. Luke, if you uh, if you go out to lunch with him, it's amazing. He gets to feel an ill toward the end of the lunch, and when it comes time to pay the ticket, Kelly's always in the restroom. I'm not, I've never understood that. Look, I always have a hundred dollar bill in my pocket. Now it just so happens that that there are also some moths that come flying out. <laughs> as well don't take him to lunch uh, luke unless uh you make sure he gets his own ticket. people are so kind they don't ever want me to have to break that hundred dollar bill yeah you know you buying that uh luke um i, I just wonder if the hundred dollar bill is real is it monopoly money what is it Sander? is it a <laughs> well I, I can just tell you that it's it's been in my pocket so long that george washington is on that one hundred dollar bill he was the only president at the, t- <laughs> at the time that it was printed so any, All right. Anyway, Luke's done a great job of lining up yeah. the uh, Sunbelt Conference guys for us. And uh, we've got more coming for you tomorrow as uh, we'll be talking to uh, Matt Stoltz from Arkansas State. Also, the women's volleyball coach, Coach Hazelwood, scheduled to make an appearance on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Thanks, as always, for listening. And until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Mississippi Media Production.